Shipwreck Show. My name is Shipwreck, and I will be your hostess with the mostest. And we're here for the nooner. Welcome to the nooner, Sonia. Welcome to the nooner, Sonia. Sonia's got her big mug backstage. She's cold. She's out there in Texas. No, yes, she's out there in forty-five degree Texas, and she's complaining it's cold. As as I'm here in Iowa, where it's ten, and it's going to snow. It's going to snow today, possibly, maybe. Actually, I don't know. They're calling for snow, but they do that a lot. And then it never snows. And then I just just die of a thousand deaths of disappointment. Jack's mom, welcome to live. It's good to see you. And Tiger King and Cat Silverby and Raysa and Squire, PP and Lisa and Raquel. You guys, welcome to live. Alex was the first in here. It was good to see you, Alex. I don't know if you're still in here. Katie and Outlaw Viking, you guys, welcome to live. Welcome to the Nooner. We got a lot to talk about today on the Nooner. We got stuff to talk about on the Nooner. One of the big things that I want to talk about is Canada. And I know like everyone's like, we don't live in Canada and that's fine. I don't live in Canada either, but I got a lot of people from Canada. One that follow me Two, we have to be kind of a little watchy when it comes to Canada stuff, because whatever happens in Canada could potentially happen here. That kind of stuff sets precedence. And this is kind of a big deal with Canada. And then I learned some things that I didn't know about Canada before, um, while researching all of this and, and diving into this about Canada and how they assist people, uh, in their death which like dogs, but people, they euthanize people. It's very interesting. I don't, it's just very interesting. Tanya. Hello. The nooner. Welcome to the nooner. Welcome to the nooner. But so we're going to dive into that. We're going to talk a little bit about Maxine waters and SBF. We're going to talk about Donald Trump and Twitter. They let him back on Twitter and everybody thought the world was ending. You really would have thought the world was ending by the way. Some of these people reacted to him being let back on Twitter. Um, I get it. Like Twitter is like the primary source for people's information and news and whatever, but it's Twitter. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's people just lost their freaking minds. They lost their minds. And we're going to talk about that too. So when I think of Canada and South Park song always plays in my head, that's, I, I can't remember what that song is. Um, the nooner. I don't know. The Canada stuff is, and we watched the Canada stuff during the, the trucker convoy. Canada has got its own level of freedom fighting, um, patriots out there that, that are doing the best they can to try and wake the masses up. But Canada, I think is historically just very nice. And so they just kind of roll with whatever. And I think that's going to bite them in the ass. Didn't they just ban handguns too? Didn't I remember reading that somewhere? We're not, bl we're not blaming, blame can't. That was the song. Blame Canada. 
Thank you very much. I showered and washed my hair today. So it's clean. It's dry and frizzy because it's winter in the Midwest. Um, yeah, blame Canada. That was the song. Blame Canada. We're not going to do that, though, because we love our Canadian friends. And we're not going to do that. We're going to watch out for them the best that we can, too, from on this side of the sticks. But I got to tell you what. So I'm going to get into this in a minute. But trying to find information on Canada is harder than I felt like it should have been. Like, is there some kind of something happening with Canada? Like, we're not allowed to access information. Like, I had to go to Canadian Twitter accounts to find links that realistically I should have been able to pull up and at least Google. You know what I'm saying? They did ban new handguns. Yeah, they did. So they're taking their handguns away and then they're going to assist them off the planet because they're anxious. <laughs> Fucking A. Johnson. But I could not find stuff. I, I, it was really hard for me to find information on, on some of this stuff with Canada. Very interesting. I, it's hard to find it in China because obviously China really hammers down on what you can and can't find. It's hard to find it in all kinds of different places, North Korea, South Korea. But no, historically I've been able to find stuff on Canada pretty easily if I needed to. I think Canada does restrict the, Do they, is that new? I should look into that because I was kind of astounded. It took me three times longer than it should have to put all this together um, because I couldn't find anything. And I would find stuff on Twitter and then I would try to go in and research it for myself to see if it was true or if it was not. And I couldn't find anything except for a couple different things. Um, what about Canadian girl? I don't know. I don't ever know what happened to her. Uh, they keep, I have some other Canadian people that follow me too, but they, I think I want to say they've said the same thing. They restrict their info. But we did manage to get it put back together. And that's going to be kind of what's going to kick us off for today. So the first thing that I have today is a Canadian doctor says College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario suggests unvaccinated patients are mentally ill and should be put on psychiatric medication. And this came out on the Twitter, I want to say yesterday, um, during an interview Hold on for me one second. During an interview at the Let Freedom Rain Tour, physician and cancer researcher Dr. William Makis claimed that the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario sent out a note to doctors implying that their unvaccinated patients may be suffering from mental illness and should be prescribed psychiatric medicine. And I have the video of him talking about it in the interview right about here. So this has come out recently out of the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. The college sent out a, a letter or a memo to all the doctors in Ontario suggesting to them, now so far they're not mandating it, they're just suggesting it, that any of their unvaccinated patients, that they should consider that they have a mental problem and that they should be put on psychiatric medication. So far it's just a suggestion, but the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario should not be making these kinds of suggestions. This is extremely unethical and this is a very, very slippery slope. Uh, if, if they're suggesting that people who wish to have bodily autonomy and, and don't want an experimental vaccine, that there may be something mentally wrong with them, that is a very, very dangerous slippery slope that we're on. So, so here's kind of the thing with this. <clears throat> I gotta click the thing, click the thing. So the thing with this, I tried to find the note that they were talking about or a copy of the letter that had to have been leaked somewhere if this guy knew about it, like, or maybe this guy leaked it, right? I tried to find the copy of the letter somewhere and I could not find it. But a lot of people were um, directing other people back to the website 
of that particular place. And there is some verbiage in the website that suggests what he is talking about is true. And the verbiage goes that, well, let me pull it up so you guys can see it too. Give me just a second. The verbiage goes that it is also important that physicians work with their patients to manage anxieties related to the vaccine and not enable avoidance behavior. For example, for extreme fear of needles or other cases of serious concern, responsible use of prescription medication and or referrals to psychotherapy may be available options. Overall, physicians have a responsibility to allow their patients to be properly informed about vaccines and not have those anxieties empowered by exemptions. Yeah. So yeah, they're going to gaslight you and basically tell you that you're crazy. And because, I mean, we all know that that happens. It happens here in the States. That's what it's stating. They're not going to let you slide with an exemption just because you have concerns over the vaccine or it's, it states in here like concerns about needles. I don't like needles. I don't like needles. I've never liked needles. Needles are not my thing, but I have never, they're going to five, one, five, oh, them whole damn place. I have never been suggested psychiatric treatment for my fear of needles. Or my fear of COVID vaccines for that matter. So, but what they're stating, and now doctors, you could do this any way they want to. They can, it's, the verbiage is just very manipulative. And it seems like it's very, using words like, what is this? Not having those anxieties empowered by an exemption. So basically, they're saying that they're not going to give you an exemption because you have concerns like none of this. That's just very manipulative, the whole thing. And that's where a lot of it is stemming from. And that was pulled directly from their website. So I saw it on Twitter. I did find the website. I found the exact verbiage and that's it right there. So there's weight to what he's saying, but I want to kind of go over something else too with you. So there's that going on. And this happened just this week. And back in April, Canada had a big old hoopla meeting and talking about how they were, they will soon offer doctor assisted deaths to the mentally ill. And then they were talking about who should be eligible. So Canada is still determining who should be eligible for made for mental illness. But in some experts say it could become the most permissive jurisdiction in the world. So made is like their assisted death. So in April of 2022, an interview by a Dr. Cisco Van Veen was quoted in saying, with terminal cancer, there is something inside the body that can be seen. Um, says the Dutch psychiatrist, tumors and tissues that can be measured or scanned or punctures to identify the cells inside to help guide, guide prognosis. You can't see depression with a scan, with the exception of dementia, where imaging can show structural brain changes. In psychiatry, really all you have is the patient's story and what you see with your eyes and what you hear and what your family tells you. Most mental disorders lack prognostic predictability, which makes determining when psychiatric staff suffering has become irredeemable, irredeemable, essentially incurable, particularly challenging. Some say practically impossible, which is why Van Veen says it's dif says difficult conversations are ahead as Canada moves closer to legalizing doctor assisted deaths for people with mental illness whose psychological pain has become unbearable for them. In one year, and then they go on to state that one year from now, so this was last April. So now they have come out and they've announced that in March of 2023, Canada will become 
one of the few nations in the world allowing medical aid in dying or made for people whose sole underlying condition is depression, bipolar disorder, personality disorder, schizophrenia, PTSD, or any other mental or affliction. Cisco Van Veer is currently works in the psychiatric departments of psychiatry and medical humanities at the Amsterdam University and Medical Central. So they're going to come out and they're going to tell you that you probably have a mental health issue if you question the vaccine, if you have fears about the vaccine, and then they're probably going to suggest that maybe you should just made yourself. Like there's some dots there. That's very weird to me that Canada does that. And I found this video too, like their government supports this. So this had to go throughout like Canada's portion of legislation in order for this to become to fruition. And this was done back in April. And this is Canada's, what is this guy's name? Hold on. Whoops. Let me pull this back up. And this is Canada's Justice Minister, David Lamb-Matty. And he goes on to state that he believes the government response to the Senate amendments on the medical assistance and dying bill is fair and realistic. The Trudeau government has a Greek Canadian suffering solely from grievous and intermediable mental illnesses should be entitled to receive medical assistance and the dying, but for another two years. This was back in April. And here is him stating it in front of his kids, essentially Canada's Congress. Uh, or, or never wanted to stigmatize mental illness. Uh, and we understand, we understand uh, the seriousness of mental illness and, and, uh, and want to work with it. We have always said from the beginning, I have always said from the beginning that this is an, a complex issue that uh, we have, uh, that we have, what we believe would be best dealt with in the next step with the appropriate, appropriate levels of study. And that hasn't, that hasn't changed. Um, what has changed is we're working with the Senate. We're working with the Senate uh, as an institution that as a government we have reinvigorated uh, and we're working with them in good faith. They have come back with an amendment uh, and a fear with respect to mental illness. Uh, that we now have to respond to in a very real way. We are doing that. Uh, we have taken the proposed Senate amendment in the spirit in which it was given, and we're trying to work with it. What has happened in effect is that we haven't changed the ultimate position. I haven't changed my ultimate position, which is mental illness is an issue that is serious, but best studied because of its complexity in the next step. That hasn't changed. What we've done is we've given it a time limit, the Senate asked for a shorter time limit. I've pushed back for a longer time limit, and, and, and our government uh, has agreed, and this is the motion we've put forward. So really all we've added is, in a sense, a time limit on the, the, the debate on mental illness. I think the reality is that mental illness is a reality. I think the reality is the Supreme Court made a decision in Carter uh, that set the parameters for the debate, and we have said as a government all along that we were going to try to conform to uh, the principles set out uh, in the Carter decision, and that's what we're doing. It was always the case that mental illness was going to be considered, uh, and and it was always going to be the case that it was going to be taken seriously. Wow. So Canada, and this, like I said, this was back in April when this happened, and they have pushed it through, and they're looking to launch it officially March of 2023, so this coming March, uh, where if you have a mental illness, you are, or if you are diagnosed with a mental illness, um, and you want to be medically assisted off this planet, you're able to do so. 
On top of that, now they're stating too that doctors are going to be encouraging people who push back on the vaccine or the jab or the, the needle portion of it or whatever also are going to be labeled as having a mental illness. So it's very interesting. Canada, I don't know what you're doing. They took away your handguns. Um, they're not letting you buy any more guns from, from what I understand. So you're kind of dead in the water, but we're fighting for you over here. Uh, we hope, you know, we wish you nothing but the best. So hold on one second. Let me run through these comments really quick. Um, do you think Trudeau will pitch this to Biden? I don't know what assisted, I don't even know what to how to say it on these platforms, but what assisted leaving the planet would look like here in the States. I'm not necessarily against this. I am against it for mental illness because I think that mental illness, I, I, I don't, I don't believe that, that, that that's right for mental illness. Mental illness can be managed and can be monitored. And, and they're talking, I get like schizophrenia and stuff. That's, I've seen people with schizophrenia. I get it on the schizophrenia, but they're talking like just depression. And there were studies that came out just this last year that depression isn't necessarily a chemical imbalance in your brain. It's something that you can, it's something you can manage. Like it's hard and, and you have to, you know, obviously there's medications you can take, but there's things you can do as far as exercising and, and doing different things to us medically assist people off the planet because of mental health is crazy to me. And I don't think that that would fly here in the States. Um, they'd rather just gaslight you into taking the jab and then letting the jab just do what it's going to do, which it's been doing. Um, there's a documentary coming out and I don't know, people feel a certain couple of different ways about it, but it's, it's supposed to, I think it's supposed to launch today. It's going to be on rumble. Um, and it's called damn it, Sonia. What is it called? I can't remember now. I can't remember the name of the doc. I tweeted it too. And I can't remember, um, suddenly dead, suddenly died or something like that. Um, suddenly died is the name of the documentary. It talks about the blood clots and it talks about a lot of the people that, um, had received the jab and then passed away shortly thereafter. So that might be something I might watch it too. It might be something to watch. Uh, I don't think they would need to pitch this here in the States. I think there are enough people that lined up for it, um, to get it, but I'm not saying it can't happen. The politics in Canada are run much differently than the politics here too. So this goes back. Canada was able to come down with the COVID stuff and just shut it all down at the very whip of Trudeau, right? The States, it was handed to the, so it's going to depend on your state. So they could pitch it and then they could, you know, the Biden administration could come out and offer it to the States and then offer incentives, which is how they get States to line up and do different things. Obviously with the mass mandates, we saw it with the, the COVID jabs, we saw it where they got incentives to do it. And then the States actually have to line up and do it. So I think it's a little more complicated here than it is in Canada. I think Canadian politics has run a lot differently and I don't fully understand it to speak on it too much. Um, so the answer to your question is probably no, but again, I'm not totally against the assisting of the death off the planet. Like I'm, I'm not against that. Like if you're dying of cancer already and you're in a ton of like, if you, if there's really nothing, I don't see why you shouldn't be able to have that done for you. But if you're depressed, no, I feel like that would be different. I feel like that's different. Jack Kevorkian went to prison decades ago for assisted. Yes, he did. Yeah, yes. Uh, euthanizing takes away a lifetime. Patient loses too much money in the medical industry. Maybe. I don't know. Black market body stuff is good money too. And obviously there's lots of stuff with some other things. But you're talking 
mental illness. I, I don't know. It'd be like abortion in some states like California. Yeah. So I could see California getting involved. I could see maybe New York doing it. Um, I, I don't see a lot of other states, even maybe even some blue states. I, I think that might be a stretch for mental illness. Um, I don't know, but that's kind of where we're at with the Canadian stuff. So if you are in the great country of Canada, be aware, I guess that that's going on. Um, don't tell your doctor that you have anxiety because of the COVID jab or they might assist you off the planet. Um, yeah. What do we got next? The next thing I have is CBS. So CBS over the weekend came out on Twitter and they threw a big temper tantrum and decided that they were going to leave Twitter because they had concerns about security because they were bringing back Trump and they took all the moderators away and they removed all the bot farms and CBS was just big mad. They had security. I believe CBS too, by the way, also has a TikTok. I just want to say that if, if you want to talk about security issues, with information, TikTok is where it's at. But no, they also have a TikTok, but I digress. They left Twitter. And I think initially when they did this, they were really hoping for like a bigger hoopla about it. But it turns, and they don't want to get fact-checked, it turns out nobody gave a shit. But they left. They were like, you know what? We're just going to go. They they thought they were setting some kind of precedence uh, and being able to, to leave Twitter in some grand announcement like they're at an airport and take a bunch of people with them. Um, and this was the statement that they gave you. In light of the uncertainty around Twitter and out of an abundance of caution, CBS News is pausing its activity on the social media site as it continues to monitor the platform, Major. Jonathan Bigliotti, thank you. Thank you, Jonathan Bigliotti. So they left. Friday, they were like, we're out. We're not doing this anymore. You guys are so freaking mean. God, don't fact check me. What are you doing? And then they realized that nobody cared, like the poor kid at the birthday party. Nobody he stormed out because nobody showed up. Then he came back. They came back. So after pausing for much of the weekend, it was actually, I think it was less than 48 hours. Um, due to considered freaking A Johnson, due to security concerns, CBS network and stations will be resuming its activity on Twitter and they will continue to monitor the situation. And Elon Musk then responded with an emoji because this is like his new toy. If you guys aren't on Twitter, go to Twitter, find us on Twitter. We're just shipwreck show. This is like Elon Musk's new toy. He's trolling everybody and it's hilarious. They came back and then they tweeted and that's not only it. So they came back and they were like, you know what? We're just going to come back and it's fine. And then this morning they broke with the story about the Hunter Biden laptop here. So CBS News has obtained data from the laptop perpetrated to belong to Hunter Biden. The data came directly from the source and who said that they provided it to the FBI. Okay, they did, nobody else. But back like a year ago, they went on to talk about how the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation. And then they were fact-checked. So I don't know how long CBS is going to stay on the Twitter. It'll be very interesting um, because they just keep getting slammed around a lot of people are really upset with them a lot of people have left the network like really upset with life. like a couple of people were talking about how they were diehard cbs fans they were like we watched you every night this is just bull and they left they were just twitter banned you you might want to go check they're bringing everybody back we're going to talk about that in just a minute too i'm so unimpressed with stephen king at this point he's been on his for like years though he was a big old covid acceptor they call me covid denier i'm calling them covid acceptors like you accept it into your heart 
but that was him. He's like, wear your mask. And I'm like, no, Stephen King, go write a book. Trump isn't even tweeting anything. What's the problem? We're going to talk about that too. I don't know if he will. He's laying low, I'm sure. But that's it. CBS came back. They were like, we're sorry. Actually, they didn't even say that. They were just like, we're back. Because nobody gave a shit when they left. Nobody cared, CBS. I'm so sorry. The next thing that I have for today is nothing because I closed out of the screen. Dude, 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 dude. Now we got something. Twitter brings back the dead in true Walking Dead style. And if you guys don't know, the Walking Dead season finale happened last night. I watched it up until Carl died, but now I just watched the last ones of the season finale because I want to know what happened. But in true Walking Dead fashion, Twitter and Elon Musk bring back the dead. Twitter brought back the likes of Donald J. Trump, Project Veritas, and a guy named ALX who also tweeted out a bunch of very controversial stuff. Um, Twitter reinstates long banned accounts such as Donald Trump, Project Veritas, Babylon B also was one of them that came back in ALX after being banned for more than a year. There were lots of mixed emotions surrounding the reinstatement of all of them, but specifically surrounding Donald J. Trump, which is interesting to me because people were so fired up about Trump because they said he used Twitter to incite the insurrection. And I'm not saying this now because I can go back and look. I am saying this now because I remember when he was tweeting during the insurrection and after the insurrection. And I remember the speech he gave while the insurrection was happening, insurrection was happening. And none of which, none of which had, had anything to do with inciting anything. And the tweets are still there. You can go check for yourself, but that's the narrative that they're pushing right now. Every single news station out there, I dropped my phone. Every single news station out there is talking about how he used Twitter to incite an insurrection, but he didn't at all. You can go through all of the tweets and check for yourself. He did use Twitter to make fun of Nancy Pelosi. He did use Twitter to call out um, Anthony Weiner and his laptop full of child pornography. He used Twitter for all those kind of things, but he never used it to incite an insurrection. They're scared because of all of this post of January 6th are still up. They were deleted. They are, no, they're still up. As far as I saw, they're still up. They were up last night. Who tweets in the middle of an insurrection? This is what I'm saying. Especially if you were the one that's spearheading the insurrection. None of it made any sense. And I remember when this happened. I remember when this happened and he was like, you guys need to go home. I remember watching the video. And I remember sharing the video to Clapper. Clapper out. Because we had a bunch of people at Clapper who went to the went to J6. We're like, he's saying, go home. Go home. If you're doing dumb shit, go home. Knock it off. Um, what about Trump? The timing... What about the timing Elon brought, Elon brought Trump back? So there's a couple different things with the theory of this. One of them is the poll. So Elon Musk did a poll. He asked the people, do we bring Trump back or not? And the poll, I want to say, ran for a few days, had over 80 some odd million votes, some crazy ass number. But what they're saying that the poll did was it actually exposed a lot of the bot accounts to which then Twitter could turn around and kick them off the platform. That's what a lot of people are saying about the poll. And as far as the timing goes, I don't know. I guess I haven't really thought too much about that. Specifically because it what because he announced he was running for presidency. I don't see Donald Trump coming back to Twitter. He might. Um, they were up now, but were removed after January 6th. Can we talk about how 52% of people wanting him to have his Twitter back? Um, they know it shows his innocent, the propaganda, the poll was set up to see data. That's what they're saying. That's as far as like, what was the point of the poll 
What I thought was interesting too, a lot of people were stating that Elon Musk can run a better election process than our government can <laughs> via his Twitter poll. It would be something if like our elections took kind of a turn to do them on some kind of platform, but I think we're a ways away from that. That's just it. He's not back on Twitter. He's not tweeted anything. I'm sure he's watching. I'd watch. I'd get a kick out of it. Yeah, he made his own social. So Trump made something called Truth Social, and I'm not on it because, well, because I'm just not. They are not going to be letting Alex Jones back on. And I don't know that I, I don't agree with it because I don't, I don't like what Alex Jones said. And I don't like the way that he portrayed the information that he put out that got him kicked off to begin with, which, it, but at the end of the day, the information that he put out that portrayed his opinion was his opinion. And I don't like what he said, but I will fight to the death, his right to say it. I think they need to let him back on. I don't think it was fair that they're not going to let him back on, even though I don't agree with what he said. But Musk told him no. He said that anytime you use the death of something about anytime you use the death of children for political or financial gain is a hard no in my book or something along that lines. So they will not be bringing back Alex Jones. Um, hold on one second. I missed some stuff. Nope, maybe I didn't. They're up now. They're removed after the six. So they brought him back. They brought him back. And it just, the Donald Trump stuff just, the, the, <laughs> The Donald Trump stuff and the media just blows my mind. Like it just, they brought him back. Okay. They reinstated his account. Who cares? Like I care. I, th I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Right. But the media just went nuts to where like they had, they had Adam Schiff. They pulled Adam Schiff out of the rock to which he lives under to give his opinion on Donald Trump coming back to Twitter, a social media app. There's something more to this Twitter, like the Twitter, Twitter as an app, than we are being led on to believe. There has to be, because it's not like if they would have brought him back to Facebook, everybody had been like, it'd have been a big old like limp dick, right? Nobody would have cared. But for some reason, they care a whole lot about this. And here's Adam Schiff. Let's watch Adam Schiff. So I want to begin with the news overnight that Donald Trump has been reinstated by Elon Musk on Twitter. Watching the January 6th committee hearings, Trump's tweets were a big part of the story to be told. What, what do you think of him being back on Twitter? I think it's a terrible mistake. And you're absolutely right. As we showed in the January 6th hearings, the president used that platform to incite that attack on the Capitol. Uh, his comments about the vice president, his own vice president, put Mike Pence's life uh, in danger. He showed no remorse about that. Uh, he continues to lie about uh, his actions on that day. He talks about pardoning the people who attacked police officers and attacked the Capitol that day. Uh, and it contradicts what Elon Musk uh, said, that he was going to establish a council to evaluate this uh, and, and further contradicts uh, Musk uh, and his claimed concern about bots on his own platform uh, to subject the decision to a poll in a platform that could be easily abused that way. Uh, it just underscores the, the erratic leadership of Twitter now under Musk but also the security concerns uh, with security people fleeing Twitter uh, and what that means for the protection of Americans' uh, private data. Adam Schiff out here at acting like he knows what goes on on social media. Doesn't he have like 47 followers? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he's got more than that. 
No, Alex Jones, but yeah, we still have the propaganda left wing spinning the rhetoric. I, I get this. And this is kind of where my hang up with that is with um, Elon Musk and Alex Jones, because I, from what I've seen, Elon Musk made this decision based on his personal feelings, not necessarily to set the example or to set a standard. So I'm really leery about all the accounts coming back. I'm kind of leery about, I think there's going to be more to this Twitter stuff than I think we're being led on to believe. And it is interesting that Twitter was allowed to ban a sitting president of the United States anyway. So the Twitter, more to come on the Twitter stuff. We're just watching and we're just going to kind of see what happens. But Adam Schiff come out. He literally told the people to go home. He did. Adam Schiff comes out here and he's just running his mouth. I, I don't like Adam Schiff. I've never liked Adam Schiff. So Adam Schiff's big mad. He says reinstating Trump on Twitter was a terrible mistake and it underscores the erratic leadership of Twitter now under Musk. I don't know that necessarily it's erratic leadership because it seems like Musk went in, cleaned house. He kept the top 50, 60 people at Twitter to do the job. And from what I can see as it's going, it's going really well, despite what mainstream media is telling you, despite all of their advertisers leaving, right? Everybody who's out here complaining about Twitter, uh, really did get quick to jump on Twitter blue and pay that eight bucks for their check mark. Like you're going to complain about Twitter. Then you're going to give Twitter $8. I bet. I mean, good on you, but Kathy Griffin was reinstated. Yes, she was. Um, <laughs> we got Maxine waters calling for people to get in their face. Maxine waters is on my list of things to talk about today too, but that's where we're at with the Twitter stuff. Everybody, a lot of people who were banned are now reinstated. If you have been banned on Twitter, you can go and check and make sure and see if maybe your account was one of the accounts that came back. Uh, and if you, it is, you can follow us. We're just the shipwreck show. Um, we make fun of the governments and their threads. That's about it. It's just kind of, kind of crazy. Trump makes the best faces. He does. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's what, that one was a fun one to make. Then we put some clown nose on Adam Schiff at the end of the day, it's a private company. So Musk can do whatever he wants. Maybe he's trying to force the government to regulate social media. Maybe. That would mean be what repealing section. What is that? Two thirty. Hello, isn't that what that is? And isn't that something Trump had lobbied for his entire presidency? Was repealing that protection and holding them accountable to the same standards that they hold, I suppose, other media is accountable, which they don't really do. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. We're watching, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Next up, I've got Maxine Waters. If you guys have not heard this. The one and only shipwreck show. That's right. I just had a Twitter account refuse. I'm the only shipwreck show, but I'm not going to pay for a blue check mark. So if you ever come to Twitter and I have a check mark, it's because Twitter gave me one. I hope Trump just remains humble and runs a good campaign and doesn't bring up the past. You're not, you're probably not. I want him to bring up all the past because that's, that's the problem is that people forget. And I'm sick of people forgetting. We're not just going to let shit get swept under the rug just because something else happened. Like, I want people held accountable. I want Fauci held accountable. I want these people that lobbied for small businesses to close down during COVID while Walmart's got to stay open. I want them held accountable. And I think that's fair to ask. I want Maxine Waters held accountable because Maxine Waters is out here. She's going to be the oversight. Or she's going to be the uh, head oversight person that is going to be investigating FTX. If you don't remember what FTX is, FTX is a cryptocurrency company that went bankrupt essentially, or this kid, the CEO took the money and took off, went bankrupt, cost hundreds of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of dollars, took it all. It's all gone. People invested. It's all gone. Lots of big names. Um, Ukraine was invested in, in FTX and Gazelle and her husband, 
the football player. Lots of big names in FTX. Also, people put dots together that FTX was helping political parties launder money from the United States through Ukraine and then back to the political parties. Um, there's going to be a big investigation with this. And Maxine Waters is the one that is going to be heading it up. And here's what she has to say about that. Joining us now is the chair of that committee, Representative Maxine Waters. Congresswoman, it's great to see you again. Thanks for joining me. Uh, I'm pleased to be with you today. And I'm anxious uh, uh, to talk about uh, the fact that we in my committee have been working, uh, we've been learning, we've been planning, uh, and we're on top of the fact that we need to have regulations for cryptocurrency, and we're moving toward hearings on FTX. Do you regret the fact that it hasn't happened so far, and this could have potentially been prevented? Well, uh, what I'm pleased about is the fact that we are far ahead of uh, many other countries in taking a look at cryptocurrency. It is very complicated. Uh, we have members with a lot of different thoughts about it. Uh, but McHenry and I, the ranking member, have been working closely together uh, so that we could increase uh, the learning and uh, get many of our members to have a basic understanding about cryptocurrency, even though we started with stable coins and we're moving very rapidly on that. We too have yeah. been focused on creating roundtables and task forces to deal with what we have to do to develop re regulations of cryptocurrency. As it relates to this particular case, uh, FTX, you know, in that bankruptcy court filing, it was very revealing, I thought, and very detailed. One of, one of the detailed, one of the revelations is that Sam Bankman-Fried himself, as well as two other top FTX executives, took direct loans from the affiliated trading arm, Almeida Research. Does, should there be an indictment? Does, doesn't that sound criminal to you? Well, first, there should be an investigation. Uh, we believe uh, that there's fraud. Uh, and that citizens' uh, investments have been compromised. And we think that an investigation is absolutely necessary to really understand what has taken place with FTX. And if FTX is found uh, to have contributed uh, to the criminal activity that is being alleged, then certainly uh, they should be accountable. Certainly, Maxine Waters. <clears throat> she's older than dirt. Maxine Waters is older than dirt. We need to term limits for sure. Now here's the thing. So Maxine Waters, she's going to be the one that's going to be heading this up, this investigation. And she's gung ho about regulation and accountability. Right. But last year in 2000, so in December of 2021, which is almost exactly a year later, Maxine Waters called a hearing in which the chief executives of six cryptocurrency companies Currency companies gave testimonies before her committee. Among them was Sam Bankman-Fried. Freud, freed, fraud. Doesn't matter. And it appears that she and the FTX founder had a very personal relationship. They hit it off. They're much in love. We have that video for you, too. Here we go. Oh, look at them go. She's just blowing him all kinds of... It just loops. It just loops. She's just blowing him kisses. They're best friends. There's photographs of them together. They're best friends. She's going to be heading it up. There's no conflict of interest in that at all. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, did you hear that the hear that idea of Tom Brady divorce being cover up 
for their FTX dealing. They were in the Bahamas right before and even went to Costa Rica when it all blew up. No, I had not. I'm not a fan of Tom Brady, which could be why I hadn't heard it, but no, I had not heard that, but he was the one that did a lot of the advertising for FTX, him and his wife. So more to come. It sounds like they are going to try and hold them accountable. The timing of this is really, really awful considering like we just had midterms. I don't know. It, the FTX stuff is a deep rabbit. There's some stuff with McCarthy and FTX. Apparently McCarthy had also received large amounts of funding from FTX. If I remember right, Kevin McCarthy, the, the one that the GOP nominated to be speaker of the house more to come on that, on the FTX stuff. <clears throat> the Brady FTX timeline is crazy. Tag me in the timeline video. Yeah. Um, is it just an excuse for the governors to get their nasty fingers on it? They want an investigation to figure out how to do it better so they don't get caught. That's pretty much it. She also, cause she, one of the statements that Maxine Waters came when, when she was asked about, did the, why did the Democrats accept such a large donation from FTX or why would that happen? She's like, well, the GOP did as well. And she's not wrong. Cause <clears throat> how many of our GOP members supported sending the billions of dollars over to Ukraine every week, every month? all the time. They all supported it. She's not wrong. It's just that the democratic party was the one that received the bulk of it. FTX, a rabbit hole in all of itself. And it's kind of hard if you don't understand cryptocurrency, which I don't, I don't know what regulating cryptocurrency would do. It is my understanding that cryptocurrency was initially created and started so that it wouldn't have to be regulated by the government, that it could be a replacement for financial institutions so that it wasn't watched so much by the government and regulated by the government. But obviously they got their fingers in it. That's what I'm saying. Isn't the whole point of could be unregulated currency regulating would just put the nail in the coffin. That's what I'm saying. It just basically turns it into everything else. And then they just control it. I thought that was the idea of the crypto of the cryptocurrency stuff. So more to come on the FTX stuff as it goes. It sounds like this is going to go on for a long time. From what I understand, there is also some weird kinky stuff out there too. If you just, you can go ahead and go look that up for yourself. I'm, I'm not super interested in the love life of all them kids, but there we are. I don't know that anything is going to come of it. And maybe everything, maybe it's all connected to this. It's a pretty big scandal. Watergate type. I, I don't know. We'll see if anything happens. It's a pyramid scam. The only one who makes the money are the people that's starting to get in early. Yeah. That's it for the FTX stuff. The last thing that I have for today is that a judge ruled that Jeffrey Epstein documents to be unsealed and the billionaires are bracing for impact. And I hear a lot of people that were talking. So we put this out there and a lot of people were like, yeah, it's going to be super redacted though. It's going to be, and you might be right, um, but you might be wrong too. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But a Manhattan floor federal judge, Loretta Preska, ordered on Friday that dozens of documents connected to the deceased convicted pedophile deceased convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein be unsealed, potentially paving the way for the exposure of the identities of eight John Doe's allegedly involved in sexual in trafficking his minors or of minors. The documents were filed in the defamation case against ex Epstein handler accomplice and lover Gisling Maxwell by accuser Virginia Roberts Guffrey in 2016, according to Fox News. Attorneys have attorneys objected to the move because it would reveal and harm the reputations of those named in the documents. Duh. Isn't that the point? The judge ruled 
that public interest outweighed the privacy rights of the eight John Doe's named in the documents. Those who could possibly be outed are John Doe's number 12, number 28, number 97, number 107, number 144, number 147, number 171, and number 183. Why just those numbers? I don't know. Prescott, however, didn't set a date for the release of the documents. One of the people named in the documents is Tom Pritzker, the billionaire executive chairman of Hyatt Hotels and cousin of Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, according to the Daily Mail. When Pritzker's attorney objected to the grounds that it would that the revelation would harm his client's reputation, Pretzka disagreed with his premise, asserting that the documents were already available in other cases and that their contents didn't specify malicious actions. John Doe number 107 also filed an, object an objection, claiming that the unsealing of the documents was in violation of their privacy. The judge knocked that objection down as well. So more to come. Maybe there'll be... Hank's moved. He's safe. Maybe there... <laughs> Maybe we'll get to see him. It sounds like this is not going to be a redacted thing, though. It sounds like the whole point of this is that the public interest, there's a lot of public interest around it. The point of it is that the public knows um, and knows who these people are. So more to come on that. It's going to get, it's going to piss me off when people see the list and nobody's charged. Yeah, but those people will never be able to walk down the street again. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they'll never be able to act again or they'll never be able to, depending on what it is, they'll never be able to run as a politician. They'll never be able to do any of that. They'll never be able to walk down the street again. Where is Snowden when you need him? We should do a follow-up on Snowden. From what I understand, he's still locked up. If the last few years, if the last few years are anything to judge by, nothing will happen. Denials and gaslighting all around. We'll see. Or maybe, see, I'm going to talk about this a little bit too. So maybe nothing will happen or maybe it will happen and nobody will talk about it. That's the biggest thing that I see in regards to a lot of the nothing burgers, Right. So, and not necessarily all of them, but some of them. So where people are like, yeah, but nothing's going to happen. But things do happen. They just don't get put out there in the news. And unless you know where to look, you don't know if they happened or not. And that's one thing to kind of keep in the back of your mind too, as more and more of this information comes out. It's not necessarily that something is not going to happen. It just means that it might happen. And unless somebody else finds it and puts it out there, that's going to be it. <laughs> This is why they made up the term map. Uh, yeah, they're normalizing this crap. <clears throat> but that's it, you guys. That's it. That's all I've got for the nooner today with the Jeffrey Epstein. I think that's all I got. Let me double check. Let me check my presentation. I don't even have, I don't have any more videos. Nope, I'm all done. That's all I have for the nooner for today, you guys. Sonia, do we have anything else? Do you have anything? Sonia says no. Bet. Well, then let's wrap this up. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys for coming out so for coming out today. I'm reading the comments and talking at the same time. Thank you so much for coming out today. We're going to be live tonight with, so today's Monday, we're going to live with Texan tonight. We'll do some midterm updates, some political updates. We'll kind of go through a bunch of other stuff. I'm sure he's got an opinion on some stuff. I'm sure he's got an opinion on Trump. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And that's going to be tonight at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. So that's it, you guys. I love your faces. Thank you so much, Casey. Keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mama says hi. And watch out for all those deer. Bye, guys. Back off, I'll take you on. Headstrong, you take on anyone. I know that you are wrong. You're headstrong, you're headstrong. Take you on, that's really strong. Ding dong, take you.
take you on. Headstrong, you take on anyone. I know that you are wrong. You're headstrong. You're headstrong.